88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The court has handed down jail sentences of up to four years and 11 months to five defendants aged 20 to 23 who were convicted of rioting. The CE has left the hospital after receiving treatment for a fractured elbow following a fall at Government House. And North Korea has conducted a missile test, the latest in a series of tests by Pyongyang over recent weeks. Five Chinese university students have been sentenced to up to four years and 11 months in jail after they were convicted of rioting at the institution two years ago. Priscilla Ng has details. In sentencing, Deputy District Judge Kathy Zheng said deterrent sentences are needed because a society under the rule of law would not allow violent acts targeting law enforcement. She said the defendants must have known about the riots that day since they were widely reported, but the students were still found at the scene wearing dark-colored clothes and protective gear, showing they had intended to join or encourage protesters there. The judge acknowledged that the case must impact the students' studies and future, but she only gave them a three-month discount due to their young age and good backgrounds. All five defendants, aged 20 to 23, were also found guilty of breaching the face mask ban, while two of them were convicted of possessing offensive weapons or instruments fit for unlawful purposes. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has been discharged from hospital after she stayed overnight following a fall at Government House. She was admitted the previous night after fracturing her right elbow. The fracture was described as minor. Mrs Lam left Queen Mary Hospital at around 9am on a black seven-seater without speaking to reporters. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen has said Hong Kong's Leave Home Safe app could feature real-name authentication for it to meet the mainland's conditions for quarantine-free travel. His comments come after Innovation and Technology Secretary Alfred Sitt said the government had submitted proposals to mainland authorities on how a Hong Kong health code should work for people to be able to travel to the mainland without having to quarantine. They would want anybody uh, in the future entering the mainland uh, to be able to produce uh, a record of their whereabouts uh, 14 to 21 days prior to their entrance. That obviously is something that uh, Hong Kong service establishments uh, have been widely using. So the only thing I can think of is some kind of a real name basis, trackable, leave home safe app. The South Korean and Japanese militaries have announced that North Korea has fired ballistic missiles into the sea in a continuation of its recent weapons tests. It comes hours after the US reaffirmed its offer to resume diplomacy on the North's nuclear weapons program. Yoshihiko Isozaki is Japan's Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary. Today, around 10.15 or 10.16 a.m., North Korea fired two ballistic missiles off the east coast, and we estimated that it had fallen into the Sea of Japan, located east of the Korean Peninsula. It threatens the peace and security of our country. Including their previous consecutive firings of missiles, this is a severe problem for our country and the international society. The act of firing these missiles is a violation of the UN Security Council resolution and is extremely regrettable. 
The U.S. Special Representative for North Korea, Sung Kim, has met his South Korean and Japanese counterparts at the State Department for talks on North Korea's missile and nuclear development. The trilateral meeting included South Korea's Special Representative for Korean Peninsula Peace, No Kyu Duk. Before the meeting, Mr. Kim said Washington is committed to achieving complete denuclearization and a lasting peace on the Korean Peninsula. I reaffirm to Special Representative No. Washington's strong commitment to working closely with our allies and partners, especially the Republic of Korea and Japan, to achieve complete denuclearization and a lasting peace on the Korean Peninsula. To reach this objective, we will seek diplomacy with the DPRK to make tangible progress that increases the security of the United States and our allies. This includes considering potential engagement with the DPRK to reduce tensions. The U.S. continues to reach out to Pyongyang to restart dialogue. Our intent remains the same. We harbor no hostile intent towards the DPRK, and we are open to meeting with them without preconditions. North Korea in recent weeks has tested a long-range cruise missile, which it said was a hypersonic warhead. It has also blamed the United States for sanctions and dismissed Washington's assertions that it doesn't have hostile intentions. After the meeting, Mr. No again expressed his country's determination to speed up a declaration to end the Korean War. Mr. No said he believes the recent discussions between the two sides have deepened the U.S. government's understanding of South Korea's ideas for the declaration. South Korea and the U.S. shared their assessment of the recent situations in the Korean Peninsula, and we agreed that it's very important to stably maintain the situations without heightening tensions. Also, we discussed various North Korea-related ideas, including joint humanitarian coordination, meaningful measures for building trust, to quickly resume dialogue and diplomacy. In particular, we spent quite a bit of time in today's talks for in-depth discussions on the end-of-war declaration. I believe that the discussions we've had so far have deepened Washington's understanding of South Korea's ideas for the end-of-war declaration. President Biden has led tributes to Colin Powell, America's first black secretary of state, who's died of COVID complications. He was 84. Mr. Biden described him as a warrior and a diplomat who broke racial barriers. Think of our Colin Powell. He's not only a dear friend and a patriot, one of our great military leaders and a man of overwhelming decency. This is a guy born son of immigrants in New York City, raised in Harlem in the South Bronx, and he rose to the highest ranks, not only in the military, but also in, in areas of foreign policy and statecraft. Dana Pittard is a retired African-American army general who met Mr. Powell many times. Mr. Pittard said that he was an inspiration. He's a towering figure, and they just don't make him like General Colin Powell. He could connect and relate to seemingly everyone. He could connect with people, the men and women who served under him or served with him. Just a, a, a great man. Mr. Powell had said he regretted making the case for the U.S.-led invasion of Iraq in 2003. The United States says there's no relation between criminal charges it brought against a Venezuelan diplomat and political negotiations between the Maduro government and Venezuela's opposition. Venezuela broke off the talks following Saturday's extradition to the U.S. of the diplomat Alex Saab on money laundering charges. Ned Price is the State Department spokesman. The Maduro regime has made very clear that it is putting its interests, once again, above the interests of the Venezuelan people. Just, just think about it. They are putting the case of one individual above the welfare, above the well-being, above the livelihoods of the millions 
of Venezuelans. The sister of murdered British lawmaker Joe Cox has offered her support and solidarity to the family of Sir David Amos, the Conservative Member of Parliament who was stabbed to death as he met constituents at a church hall. Speaking in the House of Commons, Labour MP Kim Leadbeater said it broke her heart that another family has to face the same experience as her own. It's been a traumatic few days for many people, none more so than David's family and friends. And it's they who remain at the forefront of my mind this afternoon. I've blocked out much of what happened when Joe was murdered. But I remember very clearly the moment I took the phone call saying she had been attacked. I remember physically trembling and the visceral pain that overtook me. And it breaks my heart to think that another family has had to experience that phone call and the nightmare which follows. The Canadian Prime Minister has apologised for not officially marking the first National Truth and Reconciliation Day, which honours the Indigenous children who were forced forced to assimilate in state-backed residential schools. Justin Trudeau was widely criticised for skipping the formal events two weeks ago because he went on holiday. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,709. That's 295 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at 66 billion US dollars. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 114.08 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 16 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. To sports and we start with football's English Premier League where Arsenal left it late to secure a point against Crystal Palace. Alexandra Lacazette scored on the sixth minute of added time to rescue the Gunners in a two-all draw, spoiling Patrick Vieira's return to Arsenal. The BBC's Jonathan Pearce reports. That old Arsenal invincible Patrick Vieira sunk to his knees in disbelief. Five minutes into stoppage time, his Palace side 2-1 up but wearied and the Arsenal centre-half Ben White drove a shot from eight yards out. It ricocheted to the substitute Lacazette who hammered in the equaliser. So harsh on Palace who fell behind to Aubameyang's close-range header after just eight minutes but controlled the tempo for long periods thereafter. Levelled through Benteke's 18-yard drive after 50 minutes and deservedly led through a lovely Edward strike with 17 minutes to go. They desperately tried to hang on. Arsenal's teeny lashed against the bar and that Lacazette late equaliser took Arsenal's unbeaten record to six games but Vieira will be understandably exasperated. Arsenal are 12th in the table, eight points off the lead. Palace remain 14th, five points above the drop zone. England's men's football team have been ordered to play one match behind closed doors as punishment for crowd unrest at Wembley during the Euro 2020 final in July. It was England's first major tournament final in 55 years and it ended with them losing to Italy. UEFA also imposed a ban for a second game which is suspended for two years. European football's governing body said the English fans had invaded the pitch, thrown objects and disturbed the playing of national anthems. Here's the BBC's Simon Stone. In addition, for a number of offences, including invasion of the field of play and disturbing the national anthems, the FA have been fined $116,000. The FA have responded to this, say they are disappointed uh, with the decision, but they acknowledge the outcome and again condemn what they describe as the terrible behaviour and disgraceful scenes around the Euro 2020 final game against Italy, and that they deeply regret that some of those responsible entered the stadium. So I guess, given that charge sheet, 
It could be argued mm. that the FA have got off lightly, but still it's something that's never happened in their history, that they have been ordered to close Wembley Stadium for a, an event other than COVID. Next to Cricket's T20 World Cup, Curtis Camphor took a remarkable four wickets in four deliveries to lead Ireland to a seven-wicket win over the Netherlands. The Seamer reduced the Netherlands from 51 for two to 51 for six in Abu Dhabi, where the Dutch were dismissed for 106. Camphor also got it done with the bat. He hit the winning runs for Ireland and was man of the match. Oh, to be honest, I didn't feel feel the best out there. I've, I've come back from injury, but I just try to bang the wicket down, keep hitting my hard length. Um, the first over wasn't as planned, and obviously, Bal, the skipper, had faith in me, and it just worked out, actually. You've been working on anything particular leading into the tournament? Uh, us as a bowling group, we've just been um, really uh, structured in terms of our disciplines and our lengths and our, and our Yorkers, and that's just been what we've been doing, really. And just a little bit of batting at the end for you to do, just to tidy things up. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, any day I don't bat is, is a good day, but listen, to knock off six runs or ten runs when I walk in, it's really nice. Sri Lanka defeated Namibia by seven wickets in the other Group A match. The top two in each group go through to the Super 12, where the top-ranked countries to join the competition in the UAE. Group B resumes today with Oman taking on Bangladesh. Scotland face Papua New Guinea. To basketball, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, says he would prefer to see star guard Kyrie Irving vaccinated. But as a basketball fan, he would prefer to see Irving on the court again with the Brooklyn Nets as soon as possible. The commissioner has said he hopes Irving, one of the few players in the league who has not yet chosen to be vaccinated, changes his mind and clears a path to get back on the court. Irving cannot play for the Nets in large part because of rules unique to New York and San Francisco requiring vaccinations as a prerequisite for working. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, frankly, I I, I hope that Kyrie sort of, um, he, despite how strongly he feels about um, the vaccination, ultimately decides to get vaccinated because I'd love to see him play basketball this season. And I'd love to see the Brooklyn Nets have their full complement of players on the floor. To the weather forecast, mainly fine and dry, moderate east to northeasterly winds. Forecasters say there will be sunny periods tomorrow and there'll be a few showers on Thursday, with temperatures falling significantly later. Still a few showers on Friday and Saturday, with the temperatures falling below 20 degrees in the morning. Right now at the observatory, it's 28 degrees Celsius, with the humidity at 66%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The court has handed down jail sentences of up to four years and 11 months to five defendants aged 20 to 23 who were convicted of rioting. The CE has left the hospital after receiving treatment for a fractured elbow following a fall at Government House. And North Korea has conducted a missile test, the latest in a series of tests by Pyongyang over recent weeks. The news from RTHK.
remember for the first time since I hated you that I used to love you. Welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 19th of October, is today's date. We welcome you to the 123 show as we say goodbye to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Thank you, Phil. As usual, since it's Tuesday, we try to keep it a food and drinks related theme. And what a coincidence it is. Today is International Gin and Tonic Day. So we'll be chatting with whiskey and gin enthusiast John Rhodes in about 10 minutes or so. And we'll be talking about gin pairing. And why is gin getting more and more popular in Hong Kong? Feel free to weigh in. Feel free to share your your gin recipes if, if you have any. Or maybe non-gin recipes or if you fancy another drink uh, feel free to get in touch with us uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 or you can uh, email us 123show at rthk.hk um, of course I'm not drinking now so if you have any sort of uh, non if you have any uh, 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 alcohol substitute non-alcoholic drinks that you'd like to share with us feel free to do so um, and after the 2 o'clock news 